Welcome to the podcast series Interviews and Conversations presented by the Basler Afrika Bibliografien. Today's episode features an extract from an interview conducted by journalist Ruth Weiss with Tichona Freedom Nyamubaya on the 6th of May 1982 in Harare, Zimbabwe. Freedom Nyamubaya was a freedom fighter of Zanla, the Zimbabwe African National Liberation Army. She left her country in 1975 at the age of 16 to join Zanla in Mozambique. After staying in different training camps in Mozambique, she was deployed to the front line and became one of the few female field operation commanders. In 1979, she was elected secretary for education in the first ZANU Women's League conference. After independence, Yamobaya worked as a rural development, gender and peace activist, as well as a farmer, dancer and poet. In the following extract of the conversation with Ruth Weiss in 1982, Yamobaya talks about her experiences as a woman in the Liberation Army and on the front line. Okay. And then after that, they decided to shift me again from there to the best way men and women way. And they said, well, now we want to train women and make an experiment whether they can stay in the front. So I was sent to this other base to train the females. So I trained about three battalions. And then uh, in 77, late, they said, well, we want to make an experiment in freedom. We will lead a group to the front of 20, no, women, 20 women as an experiment. So we carried clothes for because there was no communication from the rural area in this source bed. So they had no clothes, nothing, no food. So we carried clothes to give to those who didn't have anything, about 20 bags of clothes. And when we got there, we stayed for about 21 days, and nothing really was very particular. And... Uh, left back to Mozambique reported well it is possible for women to work in there and then uh, a lot of women were brought in and distributed in different sectors and I was working from Mandaro into Inyanga it, it was all Tete province so I would just go into any sector I wanted if there are any new women they bring them in there but it was still incomplete because I was working with women and the my position was a female field operational commander. But uh, you could see the attitudes of the male comrades. Although they could accept that uh, women could do the things, they still underestimated women. And uh, every time the women were instructed to go back to Mozambique, pick material, cross the border, uh, leave the material in the front, stay for a week, go back to Mozambique. And that was the toughest duty in the struggle, but people still underestimate that. That was the toughest because the border was the, the most dangerous area to, clo- to cross. There were mines, there were book traps, there were everything. And ambushes along the border because the road was still functioning. So by the time we'll be taking uh, off mines and each one has to step where the other person was stepping, you can't put a leg anyway because it was all mined. So you'd have a long queue one after another. And if you are caught in that, you can't run either of the directions because it's all mine. You have to come back, to go back 
through the same steps or go forward through the same steps or you get into the ambush. If you just run, you just detonate another one and you are gone, something like that. And that was the toughest. But the male comrades, uh, did, it didn't come to the senses that it was very tough. So we had this vicious argument when we crossed the border the third, no, no, it was the fifth time. I demanded a meeting with the sectorial level uh, in the front and said, well, we have to make a compromise here. That time we, we had gone through about two ambushes at the border and quite a number of comrades, uh, female comrades, we had very big losses and uh, material captured. So I said we have to make a new strategy on how to get material in. Instead of women going in 50s, going to pick material up and down the border, well, you know, it's dangerous, and they were giving them the, say, these uh, SM rifles, those which would carry 11 bullets on. And the males given the the uh, submachine guns, AK-47, with 30 or 40 bullets, but they are in the front with the situation and service, but give the, the women the, the least type of weapon. And then we argued on that one, that we should balance the weapon to... It is, not, it is not supposed to be a women's duty to go up and down picking material, carrying things like that. We should uh, absorb these women in the sections. If it is a section of 15 people, let's have three women in that section. So if it is a duty for a section to go and pick material, they will go as a section, not as women. And the men didn't accept that. And when they refused to accept that, well, the provincial commander had given me the right to go wherever I wanted in, in that province as long as I think it is necessary and just give a report of what I'll be doing. So I said, if you are, not, if you are saying no uh, on behalf of all these women, on my own behalf is freedom. I'm not going to take them back to Mozambique. The one commander from you can take them back. I'm going to remain here until Zimbabwe is free because I can't go on crossing the border whilst I know it's very dangerous. And they refused. So we went to the Elton Provincial Commander and I put my, my case forward that I don't want to go to Mozambique. I don't want to frequent the border. But I'm not saying I don't want to go back to Mozambique. I can go as long as it is a, uh, on the roster that I am supposed to go, like anyone else. Because we had gone through a lot of battles and uh, women were just fighting uh, like the men were doing. And in most cases, the men would withdraw and leave the women there, in most cases. So they said, okay, you can remain here. So I remained with the one assistant woman. And uh, I used to work with two people, one woman and one male. So I said, well, I'm not going back. They went back and I was left behind. This is how I, I managed to stay for 11 months in the front. I wondered about that when you said that yesterday. Mm. So I was just traveling from one place to another. I used to plan the our strategies together and everything. And used to go for battles and come back and talk to the masses. On the question of uh, politicization of the masses, um, the comrades, of course, used to talk about new colonies and the, the land question was the major one. Everyone wanted to hear about that. But uh, not much about what socialism is all about. You didn't tell them they didn't want No, to. they didn't know what exactly it meant, because we could talk of socialism, but how socialism in its simplest form could be applied 
the masses didn't have that. At times, if I finish uh, addressing Iran, the masses will say, confess that, oh, well, comrade, what you are saying, we used to ask comrades what it really means, they didn't explain. At least we, we now can understand a little, something like that. And then I changed my uh, area to Inyanga, one of the most mountainous areas. And uh, there was a feeling in the male comrades that if female comrades come into the front, if the enemy hear about their whereabouts, they want to capture the women. So it would mean increased battles every day. So they didn't want women to get into their areas because they're afraid of this time to time battles. The security forces trying to capture women, something like that. Although the Rhodesians also uh, had a feeling that uh, women combatants are more courageous than males, doesn't they? So I got to this in Yanga, and every male comrade said, Ah, well, when I got there, I could see they were not happy. They didn't like me to be there. I was the only woman. And uh, we had a meeting when they were told by the person I had come with that, uh, well, she is a commander. And she has the highest rank here. You have to respect her like anyone else. And when I was asked to talk to them, I just told them, well, I know you are not happy with my presence, but whether you like it or not, we are together. If you are afraid that the whites would come and capture me, I'm sorry I cannot be captured because I have survived through that. And I'm going to be with you for the rest of the struggle until we get independent. And when I was talking like this, and they understood that I was talking from experience, it was not my first time. That's when they started relaxing and, and talking to me and wanting to know more. And the other thing was, and, and when the war was about to end, there was uh, a kind of indiscipline in Congress where they could just say, let's demand things from masses or uh, ask the so-called chimbuidos the women, girls who used to cook and wash for them and bring them into the posters and making some pregnant. And they didn't want female comrades because female comrades would threaten their luxury. You see? This was one of the reasons. So I said, ah, well, I'm not, I didn't come here to threaten anyone, but if you are doing the correct things, I don't mind. But if it is wrong, then I have to criticize you. So we stayed. And then I had a terrible malaria and uh, couldn't eat anything like meat. There was also a law that uh, we don't eat uh, pumpkin leaves, we don't eat the rare, we don't eat uh, all these things, vegetable like they wanted meat. And then I said, well, I can't take meat, they want vegetables. I said, well, we're not allowed, the spirits don't allow that. And I said, no, if the spirits want me to die, then I'm going to eat. So I ate the thing, nothing happened. This is how I disprove the fact that the war was being led by spirit media. It's not correct. I respect Ine and I respect Shaminuk for the work they did before they died. Not that they were maybe hanging in the trees looking after us, no. If you don't do what we're taught at school, individual tactics or whatever, you were going to die and that was all. Because we've lost quite a number of comrades, the spirits, someone who is possessed in that area says, no, you can go and camp there. And you can see that the terrain doesn't fit according to your training. You can't sit there, there's a mountain, you can't run from anywhere or you cannot uh, attack anyone from that direction. And we could have these arguments. It was now more of an intellectual approach and a peasant one. And the peasant really believed that the ancestral spirits were 
taking the lead. And uh, someone like me would say, no, according to what we learned at school, we can't come somewhere here. And some comrades, if they are dominated that spirit, we'd lost quite a number in a bed or the helicopter just come bomb everyone. Well, they've been told, if you sit here, the spirits will look after you. Where there's no tree, there's nothing. And we lost them. And after that, that's when I was, I was withdrawn from the front. Well, I had received several messages to come back to Mozambique. I wanted in Mozambique and I would just give a reason. Well, I'm very sick. I've got a, a leg problem. I'll come next week. Well, but it wasn't true. That was my happiest period in the struggle, working practice and theory. What I did in the military, what I did in politics, talking to the masses and staying with them and fighting. That was my happiest period. 